Hello, good morning, and welcome. It's Friday, the 9th of October, 2020, and we're back with episode 163. But first, if you're a fan of this podcast, please don't forget to drop me five stars on Apple Podcasts and follow me on all social media at Autonomous Hogue, and check us out over at hogueandco.com. That's H-O-A-G-A-N-D-C-O.com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So today we've got a very special episode, and I say special, really probably the most significant episode since I launched this podcast back in February of 2018. What an incredible 24 hours, because, well, just yesterday, Waymo just announced to the world that effective immediately in their testing grounds of southeastern Phoenix, Arizona, they've just opened up their Waymo One taxi fleet, and I say taxi fleet, I mean their driverless taxi fleet, to, well, everybody. I mean, just like that, as of October 8th, 2020, the true driverless revolution is here. Now, this is really interesting because it's surprising in one sense and not so surprising in the other. So, as you probably know, I've been saying for a really long time that I think, you know, I've thought that by 2030, we should definitely have at least level four vehicles. You know, 2020 isn't quite yet over, and just like that, we've got an actual commercial product open to the general public. And it's, I mean, unless I'm missing something, it is effectively a true level five vehicle. I mean, yeah, there's still a steering wheel there, but the thing is able to drive itself everywhere, except where it can't. So, and this is where things get a bit, a bit different, right? So it is, strictly speaking, geofenced. So just to clarify, um, Waymo had been testing in sort of a 100-square-mile area uh, in the area around Phoenix. Uh, the towns included Chandler, Gilbert, Mesa, and Tempe, Arizona. And basically, you know, these, these, these were tests being conducted with backup drivers in the driver's seat. But now, well, they've shrunk that area. It's a, it's a geofenced area limited to about half that size, so about 50 square miles. And, well, the crucial difference, of course, is there is no backup driver. So when we say true driverless vehicles, we mean precisely that. So it is it, literally you summon up a Waymo and there is no driver in the driver's seat. So this is a really big deal because not only that, it's not only limited to the initial beta testers, for lack of a better word, but it's actually available to the general public, uh, to whomever has Waymo One. Now they're actually just taking customers from a queue. So I guess there's sort of limited supply on what you can get. My understanding is they've got something like 300 cars currently available in their fleet uh, out of a total of, I think, 600. And, um, well, here's what's interesting, right? So the plan is actually that they are going eventually to reintroduce safety drivers. For now, yeah, they do have remote uh, kind of monitoring, shall we say. So if anything goes really wrong, somebody can presumably step in and at least bring the vehicle to a halt. Um, 
I'm not sure whether they can actually remotely operate the vehicle though. But in any event, the idea is that for now to yeah have, have true driverless capabilities within this, again, admittedly smaller 50 mile radius, and then eventually to reintroduce human backup drivers and to then broaden the coverage in due time. So this is really interesting because, well, besides just being really cool, it's kind of what I suggested was going to happen. Uh, I've been suggesting for quite a while that COVID would actually prove to be, or at least should prove to be, an accelerator of autonomous vehicles, not a hindrance. When COVID first started, we started hearing reports a lot, and I've talked a lot about on this podcast, about how many, many companies were starting to scale back. Right, They weren't doing as much testing as they used to do, and they were seeing a big slowdown. And Indeed, there was a real shift away from using autonomous technology for humans and rather using it for things like grocery delivery and other sort of delivery bot applications, which is perfectly good and well. But then I took issue with the fact that, look, we're, you know, so many cities around the world are closing down uh, streets, you know, tens and even hundreds of miles of streets to, to cars and instead opening these up to pedestrians. And I was thinking, well, why not just set aside at least some of these streets, at least portions of some of those streets, you know, lanes, um, to autonomous vehicle testing? Somebody pointed out to me on a podcast, and I'm afraid I can't remember who it was, but somebody suggested that actually one big issue is that the data you'd be getting, so I had argued that you know some testing is better than no testing, like why shut everything down? And somebody had suggested that you know the, the sort of limited data you'd be getting on those kind of streets would be um, you know kind of useless at best and potentially bad data at worst. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know ultimately what the final verdict is on that. But suffice to say, the, shall we say, the more human argument in favor of certainly not hindering testing and eventual deployment of autonomous cars during COVID, but rather the the argument in strong support of doing this has been, look, who wants to get into a car right now with another person because of COVID? I mean, I've got parents in their 80s and the last thing I want them to do is to get into a car with another person. Even my wife and I aren't driving my parents around anywhere because we, you know, as cautious as we've been, we can't be certain enough that we are indeed safe enough for them. We probably are. And indeed, we're probably going to lower our guard a little bit. At some point, we can't just, you know, not see my parents. Obviously, that's just, that's not sustainable either. Although, if I'm honest, the reverse is also the case. We're a little bit uneasy because we're not really sure that um, they are taking this particularly seriously enough. Um, I guess after a certain age, you just kind of tend to care less about these things. Who knows? Or stubbornness gets in the way, perhaps. But, but, but suffice to say, we haven't felt safe driving them around in our own car. Now, obviously, I don't want them getting into an Uber either because, yeah, there's other people in that car. Or at least there's another driver, let's say. But, but gosh, if, if, if indeed true driverless cars were available and if indeed they were objectively, demonstrably safe, I mean, that would be amazing, right? That, that would just be a wonderful thing. And so for this reason, if nothing else, I've said, yeah, this is like the perfect thing. In fact, I think I said once a few episodes back, I said something like, you know, the future is here, or I should say the, 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 the future challenge is here in the form of covid we're just not really quite ready for it yet. I mean, if this were certainly five years in the future, 
you know, and, and obviously even 10 years in the future, this would be great. We would have widespread driverless, you know, car sharing and taxi service. And um, I mean, this would just radically simplify, make more easy and far more safe the ability for folks to get from A to B, especially those people who cannot drive or choose not to drive or otherwise unable or unwilling to drive. I mean, this is a really big deal. I think I think part of the problem with autonomous car, you know, I've been doing this podcast now for, yeah, as you know, 163 episodes as of today and what, two and a half years or so. And combined with a huge survey that we're running around the world on the consumer acceptance of autonomous vehicles, I got to say, one of the big things that people, I think, often overlook, autonomous vehicle technology isn't just some cool new thing. Like, oh, it's, it's cool to have a phone without buttons. Let's have a touchscreen phone because, of course, that's what Star Trek The Next Generation has showcased ever since 1987. The, the, the point that I'm making is having a touchscreen phone introduced to the world back in 2007, because you've got to remember, there wasn't even an app store back then. It was just a phone. And so really, it was just a really cool piece of tech. It was cool. It wasn't really life-changing. The iPhone didn't really become life-changing until it developed more technology. For example, the very first generation of iPhone, the iPhone, um, well, the original iPhone, the 2G. Uh, yeah, first of all, it was on a 2G network. Secondly, it didn't even have a GPS, if you can imagine that. And it didn't have the App Store. And the, the, the point is, and so the only reason you would get the original iPhone is because it was cool. It was different. It was just vastly better to use than any of the existing phones from competitors at the time. Eventually, it developed into a, let's face it, a must-have thing, a necessity in today's world. But at the time, it was just cool tech. Autonomous vehicle technology, I think, has been talked about and discussed and pursued in many respects as just kind of like a cool thing to have. Actually, maybe that's not fair. I don't suppose the companies, the vast majority of companies developing it are doing so because they just think it's cool tech. But indeed, they do see the real practical value from a necessity point of view for society. So, so yeah, I take that back. But I will say emphatically that consumers generally aren't yet seeing the true need-to-have value of an autonomous vehicle future. And I get it. It's not possible to see that until... You know, unless and until you've experienced it yourself, there is no way you can really wrap your head around what it's like. I mean, it's it's kind of like people before before the era of aviation. Yeah, before before commercial air travel was widely available, you, there's no way you could possibly understand what it means to wake up one morning and have breakfast in London, and then ten or eleven hours later wake up from a nap, let's say, on the ground in San Francisco and have dinner. I mean, this is not a thing that could really be probably imagined. You probably couldn't comprehend what this was like until you actually experienced it. And it's the same thing with autonomous vehicle tech. Maybe a more appropriate kind of down-to-earth analogy, as it were, is Uber. If you've gotten used to life with the Ubers and Lyfts of the world. Now imagine suddenly snapping your fingers and poof, they're gone. Imagine actually taking a taxi. Well, I say that. Imagine taking a taxi anywhere not London. Because I do love the black taxi cabs in London. They are absolutely fantastic. 
The cabbies themselves are incredibly wonderful people to speak with on a drive. But seriously, though, apart from that, imagine if Uber and Lyft just disappeared and you had to go back relying on standing on a corner trying to flag down a taxi in the rain. So in many ways, I would argue that Uber and Lyft is a pretty cool idea of what an autonomous vehicle future would look like if you simply remove the human element for the driver. This ability to just summon a vehicle and have it take you from A to B is a really big deal, right? And now the ability to summon a vehicle without a driver and have them have that vehicle take you from A to B in the safety and, let's face it, the peace and quiet, honestly, uh, of a driverless vehicle, that's just... That's just life-altering for a lot of people, especially now during this pandemic of COVID. Yeah, so this, but, but, but so I, I think that people just aren't fully realizing what a big deal this is. And by the way, just to kind of close a loop on this discussion of, of different kind of use cases of practical need to have things that you couldn't do without, I don't suppose you remember a few episodes back, I had a chat with, with the founder of a company called Chibus. They, they had developed technology which enabled the easy and affordable and fast installation of, of some hardware into a car, in this case, particularly the Toyota Prius Prime, which enabled those, those vehicles with their installed hardware to be remotely driven from anywhere in the world. So that was pretty neat. But if you go to their website now, which is Q-I-B-U-S, Chibus, the Chinese word Qi for um, energy, I think, um, you, you'll see that they've kind of not really pivoted, because they're still doing the same technology, they're, they're still building the same stuff, but they found what I think is really the perfect niche. Basically enable you at an airport, say, to summon your rental car. So instead of waiting for the airport shuttle and being driven to some faraway lot, you just stand there, and in the same way that an Uber or a family member or friend would come to pick you up, your rental car shows up right there to pick you up, and of course, yeah, it's driverless. It is being remotely driven. So, so this is a really uh, incredible thing, right? And it's the kind of convenience, as we say, once you have it, you can't live without it. And so I think that's the future promise that autonomous vehicles offer. And that's obviously what Waymo is now kind of giving us a glimpse into this, this, this futuristic, you know, it's giving us a glimpse into this future reality that, that I think once people get a taste of it, they will never be able to go back. So look, I'm, I'm, uh, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm on the one hand surprised and the other hand, not surprised. Um, but what can I say? Hat tip to John Kraftsick and the Waymo team for really, um, let's face it, I think surprising all of us. I don't think any of us saw this coming. So congrats, guys. What a wonderful uh, accomplishment. And um, certainly eager to see how you guys progress going forward. And um, yeah, look, if you're, by the way, if you're in Arizona, and if you're listening to this podcast, you know, it'd be super cool if you want, um, you know, reach out to me. Um, I'd love to do a podcast chat with you about your experience on Waymo One. And in fact, we can maybe even do a, uh, you can even share with me a video and I can post it and uh, obviously attribute it to you and so on and so forth. But that could be a lot of fun, actually. So let me know. Reach out if you feel like sharing your experience with the new driverless Waymo One. Anyway, so that's a wrap on that. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Bye-bye.